Summer, it gets I can only get so naked 
<laughs> and I cannot be in work calls that way. Right. So that is a lot harder to deal with. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, glad we covered that. Yeah. So thank you for mm-hmm. for delving into that with me. We're going to talk today about, about friendship. So before we get into how to be friends with God, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people think, wow, that sounds really, how do you do that? <laughs> um what are some of the, have you made new friends at your new job? So my new job is fully remote. Um, so n- no, that's not to say I haven't met people that I'm like, I can see myself connecting with you. Mm-hmm. But I also, I write, which is not particularly collaborative. Right. Um, so there, I haven't talked to anyone very much. Um I think if I was going to say like I'm I've I've made a friend I'd say like I'm friends with our CEO as as much as appropriate for mm-hmm. um how you know. far down the food chain you are yeah yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> she and I get get along great and she's she's so encouraging which is wonderful mm-hmm. um she thinks I'm awesome and I think she's spectacular um but yeah, no, I'm I'm in a bit of a weird spot because my last job was my job, but it was also, you know, my social, social network, network yeah. and my, you know, people we we always have like a chosen family and they were they were kind of my chosen family mm-hmm. and they were um and so leaving that job, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I see. I've learned a very difficult lesson in this. Mm-hmm. And when you think you're going to be at a job forever, um, it's not so bad, but then when you're not at that job forever, suddenly mm-hmm. you're kind of adrift. Mm. So yeah, so you can't have all your people be in, in your one, place of a truly, you truly one mm. you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do still have friends from that environment, but it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, the the relationship changes. Hmm. So yeah. yeah, I've had seasons in my life too where you know I've just had a community kind of dissolve mm-hmm. for one reason or another and um yeah it's tough mm-hmm. it's, it's really it's really super challenging and and making friends when you do work remotely which i also do is is not easy either yeah you know you have to be really intentional and i have learned that thankfully in my book friend me i talk a lot about ways mm-hmm. to intentionally make friends yeah and my friend Wendy, who stayed here last night, and um, she's love being with her. But when I became friends with her many, many years ago, I literally approached her at a banquet she'd spoken at <laughs> and said to her, um, no, well, I guess we did have a conversation. But then later I phoned her and I said, I would really like to get to know you. Could mm. we? Would you be interested in going out for dinner? It sort of asked, it sounded like. Do you I was want to be my friend? For a date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she said absolutely, and we met, and we clicked, and you know, our friendship's been growing ever since. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, sometimes you just have to be really intentional like that. Yeah. Well, and mm. I, I have BPD and ADHD, which. There's some kind of mechanic that's broken in my brain wherein it doesn't really occur to me to reach out to people unless I need something, which is really awful. That is interesting about you because we can go weeks without talking and it's not like we aren't close and we don't love each other. We just... It's super common for people with ADHD to sort of have a mental relational pause button. Hmm. I haven't talked to Michaela in months. Hmm. She is still my very best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And she also has ADHD. So the next time we get together... 
it'll be like we've never left, except we'll have way too many things to talk about. I know, right? That's how it is with Wendy and me. We just... Yeah, Yeah, so I I do have kind of a pause button, and I expect my relationships to stay in stasis, whether I'm in Mm. touch or not, Mm. because that's how it is with me. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And some of them do. Some of them do. Some of them don't. don't, And that is reasonable, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. Well, I picked this topic of, of making friends with God because I was reading in Matthew's Gospel where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about... What else? Hypocrisy. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think they'd get it at some point. I know. He quoted a passage from Hosea 6, where God says through the prophet that God wants his people to show love more than he wants their sacrifices. And the passage was really familiar to me, but the verses that precede it weren't. So here's the verses that really struck me. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in the early spring. So I wanted I wanted us to look at this passage because it really did strike me. The first part says, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. So how can we do that? How can we know someone we can't see or touch, someone who is immortal and who actually lives outside of time? Hmm. So how can we do that? Well, there's a really good clue in the first chapter of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Colossians, where it says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Mm. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. So we can know God by knowing Jesus, who was immortal. Right? He lived on the earth as a human being while also being God. And while we can't still touch him anymore... Um, because he's he's gone back to heaven. He's not living on the earth anymore in that way. He lives through us, but that's another podcast. <laughs> um, we can use the accounts in the Bible of Jesus' life, along with our imagination, to spend time with him. And really, spending time with someone is how we get to know them, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe you're thinking, okay, but the ways I spend time with my friends won't work. How can we talk, argue, laugh, play tennis, or do lunch with a spirit? Like, how, do you, how does that work? Honestly, it's, it's a lot like just having a friend who lives on a different continent. <laughs> Which you're very Which I do. <laughs> not only a friend, but a husband. A husband, yeah. My best friend. Mm, oh, I pray that this is the year that you'll be together one place or the other. <sighs> yeah, I do hope so. I think it will be. Yeah. At any rate. Anyway, that's another whole podcast. (laughs) Um, So it's not, when when we get together with a friend, it's not really about what we do, right? It's not important Mm -hmm. to finish the coffee or not important to finish the game or or whatever you're doing together. It's just about being together, Mm -hmm. whatever you choose to do with the time. So we can read about God in the Bible and about how Jesus lived on the earth, but that doesn't That doesn't constitute a relationship. Knowing about someone isn't the same thing as knowing them. So imagine being committed to an arranged marriage. No, thank you. I know, I can't even get my head I would prefer not to. Um, Oh, we would have done a very good job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. That's another whole podcast. Um, So your parents or a matchmaker tell you all about your husband-to-be. You might even see a photo of him. But that's not the same as spending time together and getting to know him through your own experience, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be gorgeous and everything about him sounds too good to be true. 
But when you finally meet him, you discover that he mansplains everything and chews with his mouth open and can't talk about feelings at all. You know, somebody could look really good in a portfolio, but it's not the same. Knowing about someone just isn't the same as having a relationship with them. With them. And God really wants us to know him. Not about him, but to know him personally. But that will not happen unless we experience his love. Shared experience is the heart of any relationship, right? Mm -hmm. We might know intellectually that God loves us. But until we have experiences with him, that knowing won't make it from our heads to our hearts. So how is it possible to have shared experiences with God? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Psychologist David Benner suggests two ways. The first is much more of an exercise of imagination than one of intellect. We can enter into a Holy Spirit guided meditation on some event from Jesus' life as recorded in the, in, the, in the Gospels. So here are the steps that Benner suggests. First, we need to calm ourselves in God's presence with a journal and a pen. Let your busy mind and your to-do list go and just remind yourself that God is with you now. We never have to ask God to be with us. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's omnipresent. He's always with us. And then we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us an encounter with Jesus before we read in an event in Jesus' life out of the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Gospels being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. So he encourages you to read it several times, preferably out loud. Because the more of our senses we use, the better we're going to retain, retain what we've read. And then after reading it, spend a few minutes imagining the event. Let the Holy Spirit enrich the scene with more details through your imagination. Allowing ourselves to daydream about the passage is a way that we can share an experience with Jesus. Mm. This has been really profound for me. And you don't need to worry if, you know, no more details come to you other than, you know, what's already in the account. Or don't, don't worry if your thoughts wander. The goal of this isn't to have an epiphany. It's just to spend time. It's just to be there. It's just, yeah, it's to spend time with Jesus. Friends hang out together. It doesn't have to be productive, right? It's, as I said, it's not, if you go to Starbucks with a friend, the goal isn't to drink coffee, it's to be together. And this can be really rich. As you reflect on the dialogue Jesus was having someone, uh, having with someone, you could imagine how you would react if, if you were right there. You know, would you make a comment? Would you ask a question? Would you, um, you know, if, if, if Jesus had been walking for a while, would you offer him a drink of water? You know, what about, what about your body language? Would you reach for Jesus at a point? Would you hold his stuff while he's talking, <laughs> teaching to a, a, a crowd? I don't know what stuff he would have, but he he generally didn't have much. No, his it was fanny kind pack, of his thing. I don't yeah. know. His fanny <laughs> um, maybe you'd suggest that he he Jesus, you should really rest a bit. Like you've been going for hours here. How about you just sit in the shade for a minute? You know, maybe you'd argue with him over some of the radical ideas he was teaching. Friends do all of those things, mm-hmm. right? So this can be a really rich experience, and I really encourage you to try it. Um, you might need to just kind of review this podcast to get those steps that Brenner suggests. Um, 
And then there's another way, a second way that we can share experience with Jesus. And that's to look for his presence in our own experiences. Mm -hmm. And a a good, good way to do this is to just quiet your mind and reflect on the past 24 hours. What kind of experiences did you have? You can ask yourself, where was Jesus in each of these experiences? I mean, we know he's always with us. Um, so, you know, what he, what he was doing, what was he saying to us in, in every event of the day? Every experience, whether good or bad, offers us a new way to know Jesus. David Benner suggests asking what questions, like, what about that comment upset me? Or what made me anxious? What was Jesus saying to me in that moment? And don't demand answers from God or from yourself. Just accept what comes into your mind. God is perfectly capable of speaking us to us by planting ideas in our minds. And then end your time by thanking God for the gifts you received from the experience. Whether it's a richer experience of God's love, a deeper peace, or, or maybe clarity about a decision you have to make, or simply experiencing his delight in you. An example for me when I reflected on where God was in my previous day, it happened after a day I happened to be looking after my sweet little grandson, Jude the Grand Dude. <laughs> Jude loves music, and so we had a dance party. I mean, he was he was little at the time, so I, I picked him up. He's three now. I can barely pick him up. He's a big boy, too. <laughs> but he was little at the time, so I picked him up, and we danced together for about 10 minutes. And I absolutely loved it. I, I, I think Jude loved it. And when I reflected on it later, I believe Jesus loved it. I think he was dancing with us, just sharing the joy and the love and the fun of that moment. And I have to tell you, there is something so powerful between a grandparent and her grandchild. I feel such intense love for me, for him. And I realized when I looked for Jesus in that dance party, Jesus loves him intensely too. He has intense love for both Jude and for me. And he loves to see us experience the connection he created for us. And and he wants to share that with us. So can you think of a time when you reflected on where was Jesus in that moment for me? Mm, I'm so I'm familiar with this exercise when it comes to like trauma. Like processing trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have had this conversation, but like I have a traumatic experience that I haven't done that exercise for that because I don't want him to be there. Mm. Um, I don't want him to see it, um, which I know. I know he sees it anyway, but I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, doesn't mean there's not still value in the exercise. I just I'm afraid to do that. Mm. Um, but I, I haven't actually applied it to my like every day. Honestly, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of a new a new thing for me, but I, I do, I do quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even just really quickly off the top of my head, reflecting on the past few days, I think, I think every time, whew, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. I sort of sprang this on you and now you're, no, this is okay. Um, <laughs> I've mentioned before, I'm struggling with an eating disorder and looking in the mirror can be tough. But I do think every time he's right next to me or just behind me, mm. um, just telling me, like, in whispering in my ear, like, you are enough. 
-hmm. Your body is an instrument and not an ornament. I did not create you to be seen. I created you to create or, you know, to reach people or whatever. Um, yeah. I think just off the dome. He absolutely created you to be seen, but he created you to But be not to be valued strictly for your beauty. Yeah, not to be appraised on how I am seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I think that's true. I, I can think of a time when I was going through a very, very difficult friendship um, situation. And this person had been my most intimate friend. Mm -hmm. And so being rejected by her was so incredibly painful. I had actually come to believe that if she knew me so well and didn't love me, mm -hmm. then therefore I was unlovable. I'm really sorry. Yeah. That hurts. Oh, it was an incredibly painful experience, and it, it went on for years. Yeah. We have had reconciliation, but it went on for years. And um, I remember Jesus saying to me, first of all, she didn't really know you. Not the way I know you. Mm -hmm. Not the way your husband loves you. She, there were some stories she was telling herself about me. Mm -hmm. And and. You know, there were things that, that triggered those stories. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, because yeah. you know the story. Too. I do, yeah. But, um, so first of all, she didn't really know me. And secondly, just because someone does not love me does not mean I am not lovable. Mm -hmm. And that was a really powerful moment for me that gave me perspective to deal with, you know, a really hard situation that went on for a really long time. Yeah. So, you know, reflecting on Jesus' presence just makes me love him more mm -hmm. because he never says shame on you. He never, um, he convicts us of sin. Yeah. Yes. But it is never in a shaming way. And is always with acceptance and open arms. Mm -hmm. And because he desires the best for us, mm -hmm. it's always a loving encounter. Well, and, and we've said this before, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's so poignant. So I, I do just kind of want to hit this point again. There is a difference between shame and guilt or shame and feeling convicted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Shame says I am bad. Mm -hmm. Guilt says I did bad. Yeah. Those things are very different. So guilt, that can mm -hmm. that can come from God. Yeah. Shame never does. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolute, absolutely right. Feelings of self-loathing. Yeah. Shame. That, that's never, that's never from God. Mm -hmm. And, and all discouragement comes from the enemy. Mm-hmm. God never, he wants us to grieve over our sin, but to be discouraged, to, to, to languish, that is not ever of God. Mm -mm. And you know, when we live in an awareness of God's presence in every situation in our lives, everything has meaning. Nothing is wasted. Our pain isn't wasted. Our effort isn't wasted. Our love isn't wasted. We're always in the presence of God. Sometimes we're just not aware of it, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things I've been asking Jesus to do for me lately is to just make me aware of his presence, just, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. Um, one of the ways I'm doing that is by, you know, consciously listening to worship music um, and to just let my, my thoughts go to those words and to turn them into a prayer. Um. Making friends with God is all about learning to discern and appreciate God's presence with us. 
in every situation. Uh, one, one of the things I've done for years is to take walks with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do that? Uh, have you known me to be someone who takes walks? Well, you were walking for a while. I was walking for a while, and then I found pole dancing, which I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Do you actually get your heart beating? Oh, goodness, yes. Oh, okay. oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I know it. It tests your muscles for sure, especially your core. Well, even when I was doing gymnastics, like bars, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um, uneven bars, mm -hmm. I would be like panting mm -hmm. at the end of a bar skill. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I take walks with Jesus, and I talk to him right out loud as though he were walking right beside me, which, of course, he actually is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love how that practice has created intimacy in my relationship with Jesus. Um, think about other things that you could do and invite Jesus into, mm -hmm. right? To be conscious of his presence. Eating? I mean, most of us thank God for our food. So maybe eating with Jesus isn't as weird as it seems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and there's an interesting challenge that presents to do this. You have to turn off noise. Mm, I am someone and my point. father is someone who we really want something going in to the listen to while we're doing something. Mm -hmm. I always have a YouTube video going. I like one of the reasons I prefer baths to showers is I can do multiple things when I'm taking a bath. I can listen to something. Right. And I like I'm, I'm notorious among my friends. I hate eating without something playing. I don't mm. know why. It just feels really. Ugh, I don't like it. Um, well, you've lived alone for a long time, so that's, that's true. Part but of even it, sure. with people, really, I, I don't. Hmm. At least if it's one other person, I'm like, I need, I need some sensory input here. So that while the other person's chewing, there's, there's something. <laughs> yeah, there's something for me to be engaged in. Otherwise, I'm just gonna. Hmm. My brain has to hold on to something. Hmm. So I think, especially for millennials and Gen Z, we have to be willing to turn things off. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I don't listen to YouTube videos when I'm talking to my friends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if I decide, like, my time doing some hand sewing is going to be my time with Jesus, that's great. That means I can't have Netflix going. Mm -hmm. I can't have an audiobook going. I mm -hmm. have to be able to listen. Right, right. Or, 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 you know, put worship music that you love on, you know, because mm -hmm. then... Um, you know, your, your minds, you can talk to Jesus about the words of the worship music. Yeah. So that's, that's an option. What about going shopping with Jesus? I mean, sure. I don't know that Jesus would sign off on my materialism because it's pretty not great. But... <laughs> okay. So there's that, but then there's also body dis uh, dysmorphia. Thank yeah. you. You know, Jesus, does this make my butt look big? <laughs> Jesus, do I look fat in this? Oh, I, I just, I'm past that point. Frankly, <laughs> I'm just like, everything is bad on me anyway, so I might as well just get dressed. Uh, it's not true. That's just no. the lies my brain is telling right. me. But I think that we'd come out of the change room feeling better about ourselves if we mm. shopped with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we probably wouldn't overspend either. Also, quick note, in terms of like, does this make me look fat? Being fat is not a bad thing. We are conditioned to treat fatness as as, as wrong. Mm -hmm. It is a morally um, neutral neutral thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just For coming sure. from from that socialization. Okay, so I just want to encourage everybody to invite Jesus into your moments and whatever you're doing, and spend time with Jesus in His moments. Mm -hmm. That's how we can know God. 
And as we wrap up, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Or, of course, you can listen anytime using the MyJoy Radio app. That is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carden. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 